0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Speech Analysis on the Public Speakers Podcast. Now today's speech analysis is a pretty interesting speech, Uh, it's a short speech but still a good one and it is called The Next Global Agricultural Revolution by Bruce Friedrich, as I believe how you pronounce his name. Um, Quick sort of takeaway I'm going to give about this talk and then we're going to get into the speech analysis. Um, Main thing I liked about this is that this is an informative speech with persuasive tendencies. So what I mean by that is there are two types of, well, there's multiple types of speaking, but two of the main types are informative and persuasive. Informative just provides information to an audience and allows the audience to create their own opinion. Persuasive tries to not force, but like persuade a set of beliefs and values onto an audience about a particular topic. And hopefully the audience is convinced enough by the presentation, the talk, the speech that they uh, try or begin the process of believing in what speaker wants them to believe in for whatever reason that the speaker is trying to get them to believe in that subject. A a really cool mix though is when you have an informative speech that isn't explicitly persuasive but the information itself becomes persuasive. So this speech is about um, the way we produce meat and meat production in the status quo and how that is that has has really sort of objectively negative impacts on the rest of society. Um, The question then becomes how do you persuade an audience to stop eating meat which is kind of the solution to this problem or at least one of the solutions Um, well you don't tell people what they can't do because we know throughout human history that doesn't work and basic psychology suggests that can't work and even bruce makes it very clear in the speech that he's not trying to persuade even though he may be hinting at a little subliminal persuasion even when he's doing that Um, but it's to provide information that already the information itself persuades an audience because the information is so captivating and so important and so necessary uh, and is so direct in the message that the information has that an audience can't help but assume one perspective from the information provided. So overall, I think Bruce did a fantastic job sort of outlaying that information and hopefully his talk um, got a lot of people thinking about the way they consume meat. I've already started thinking about how I consume meat. Obviously, I'm not fully there on the vegan side yet, but I'm thinking about it because I am thinking about the impact that my Um, Own individual choices of of eating have on on the planet. Uh, But nonetheless, let me know what you guys think I hope you enjoyed the speech analysis and uh, Please enjoy. I'll see you on the next talk
1: in 2019 humanity received a warning 30 of the world's leading scientists released the results of a massive three-year study into global agriculture and declared that meat production is destroying our planet and jeopardizing global health One of the study's authors explained that humanity now poses a threat to the stability of the planet. This requires nothing less than a new global agricultural revolution. As somebody who spent the last two decades advocating a shift away from industrial meat production, I wanted to believe that this clarion call was going to make a difference. The thing is, I've seen this sort of thing again and again and again for decades.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this introduction. So a couple things I like in this introduction, one is that, uh, the speaker is introducing a quote based upon a, uh, his, historical analysis of, of, the meat industry and a current event, which is that for three years, a bunch of scientists came together, they published this report and they were like, yo, we got to change how we're eating food. Um, and he gives a quote by the person who, um, is I think in charge of that study or like someone really important in this industry. The reason that's important is because introducing a quote can be a super important way to get your audience's attention at the beginning of a public speech. So in this case, it's sort of like a a quote that's uh, predicting something really bad is going to happen and just saying we need to change from a respected source who's put in the time and effort it takes to understand and analyze um, the industry from all different perspectives. The second thing I think in this is that the speaker then slightly just gave a little I guess, like a subtle flex of like who they are, right? So, they said for the past two decades, I've been getting I've been trying to understand the meat industry and agricultural production. So, that means for 20 years, this guy who's on stage has been studying what he's talking about. So, I think right there, it has established a level of ethos and credibility. If you don't know what those things are, I did a bunch of YouTube videos on them, so you can go type in and a microcreditor ethos. But in a nutshell, it's a way for you to gain perceptual dominance in the course of a public speech by gaining credibility from your audience that allows them to actually care about what you have to say because they think you're credible enough to say what you're saying. So in the beginning of the introduction, in the first 50 seconds, I think the speaker did a good job of incorporating both of those elements, a quote and ethos, to begin the process of delivering this public speech.
1: Here's 2018 from the journal Nature, 2017 from Bioscience Journal, 2016 from the national academy of sciences the main point of these studies tends to be climate change but antibiotic resistance represents just as big of a threat we are feeding massive doses of antibiotics to farm animals these antibiotics are then mutating into superbugs that threaten to render antibiotics obsolete within all of our lifetimes you want to scare google the end of working antibiotics i want to get one thing out of the way. I am not here to tell anybody what to eat. Individual action is great, but antibiotic resistance and climate change, they require more.
0: Okay, so this is actually a really, really important point. Um, I think what he's doing is another way to gain ethos in in the presentation, right? So he's saying, look, I'm not here um, to Sorry, just making the focuses right on the camera. Uh, He's saying, I'm not here to make you change the way you eat. And I think this is a really good thing because he's trying to um, preempt the sort of common response that everyone's already having in their head, right? Especially the meat eaters. I'm a meat eater as well. Um, That's like yo, you can't tell us what we want to eat. Like, get that vegan stuff out of here. We're going to choose to eat what we want. You can't, like, impose these values on us. And that's not necessarily the view I have. I've actually been getting into more vegetarian options and trying to, like, see better things because this stuff, these studies are kind of real, right? Like, meat consumption is really contributing a lot to some bad things. But the point is this is using a refutation method of speaking, which I covered in a YouTube video as well, which is that you're trying to preempt all the potential objections that your audience is already thinking as you're delivering a speech, especially when you're trying to have a persuasive speech, because a persuasive speech requires you to stand on one side of the aisle, right, and have a stance, have an opinion, have an idea about a certain topic. Um, And when you do that, you risk having to deal with the other side, right? It's sort of intrinsic to the idea of having an opinion and trying to persuade people of something that you have to deal with the objection so right here he's not saying that the point of my speech is to get you to become vegan or stop eating meat he's just saying that if you choose to do that individual action would be awesome but the goal of me speaking on the stage for five six minutes is not to transform your entire life it's to provide you information that potentially hopefully persuades you and the second part of what he said which is that climate change and antibiotic resistance is collective action require something more I think is also very important because it seems like what he's really talking about is governments right and like institutions and companies and NGOs and really large organizations comprise the people that make policies and implement uh, implement sort of action items that affect the rest of the world are the ones on a macro level that need to be responsible for dealing with this crisis because individual action simply may not be enough to actually um, overcome these problems So, uh, I think this was a really good part of his speech, just to gain a lot of ethos and try to object to a lot of the reputations that people may already be thinking of.
1: Besides, convincing the world to eat less meat hasn't worked. For 50 years, environmentalists, global health experts, and animal activists have been begging the public to eat less meat. And yet, per capita meat consumption is as high as it's been in recorded history. The average North American last year ate more than 200 pounds of meat. And I didn't eat any. Which means somebody out there ate 400 pounds of meat. (laughs) On our current trajectory, we're going to need to be producing 70 to 100 percent more meat by 2050. This requires a global solution. What we need to do is we need to produce the meat that people love, but we need to produce it in a whole new way. I've got a couple of ideas. Idea number one, let's grow meat from plants. Instead of growing plants, feeding them to animals and all of that inefficiency, let's grow those plants, let's biomimic meat with them. Let's make plant-based meat. Idea number two, for actual animal meat, let's grow it directly from cells. Instead of growing live animals, let's grow the cells directly. It takes six weeks to grow a chicken to slaughter weight. Grow the cells directly, you can get that same growth in six days. This is what that looks like at scale. It's your friendly neighborhood meat brewery. (laughs) I want to make two points about this. The first one is, we believe we can do it. In recent years, some companies have been producing meat from plants that consumers cannot distinguish from actual animal meat. And there are now dozens of companies growing actual animal meat directly from cells. This plant-based and cell-based meat gives consumers everything that they love about meat, the taste, the texture, and so on, but with no need for antibiotics and with a fraction of the adverse impact on the climate. And because these two technologies are so much more efficient, at production scale, these products will be cheaper. But one quick point about that, it's not going to be easy. These plant-based companies have spent small fortunes on their burgers And cell-based meat has not yet been commercialized at all. So we're going to need all hands on deck to make these the global meat industry. For starters, we need the present meat industry. We don't want to disrupt the meat industry. We want to transform it. We need their economies of scale, their global supply chain, their marketing expertise, and their massive consumer base.
0: Um, So I think this part of the speech is really good as well. I think he introduced... uh bruce introduced the problem in the beginning of the speech right it was pretty evident came out with the gates explained the issues showed all the news articles Um, and now he's offering really good potential solutions right and introducing companies and organizations that have already began to transform the way we eat and consume meat um, and posing them as the future of the meat industry so from a public speaking perspective i think what's really good here is that he's giving solutions he's giving ideas he's giving Uh, analysis for what we need to do, and there's some key gems here, which is that we don't need to change the meat industry, we need to transform the meat industry. There's a larger message in that one sentence that is um, uh, validated with all the examples he's giving and all the potential solutions he's showing that are more efficient, better for the environment, and hopefully doesn't have to sacrifice the quality of taste that most people enjoy when they're eating this stuff. Um, So I think if you're trying to introduce solutions into a public speech, one of the best ways is to really explain them through all detail, through the use of visual aid, through examples, to really get your audience to understand what you're saying and how it could be a potential um, problem solver.
1: We also need governments. Governments spend tens of billions of dollars every single year on research and development focused on global health and the environment. They should be putting some of that money into optimizing and perfecting the production of plant-based and cell-based meat. Look, tens of thousands of people died from antibiotic-resistant superbugs in North America just last year. By 2050, that number is going to be 10 million per year globally. And climate change represents an existential threat to huge portions of our global family including some of the poorest people on the face of the planet. Climate change, antibiotic resistance, these are global emergencies. Meat production is exacerbating these emergencies on a global scale. But we are not going to decrease meat consumption unless we give consumers alternatives that cost the same or less and that taste the same or better. We have the solution. Let's make meat from plants. Let's grow it directly from cells. It's past time that we mobilize the resources that are necessary to create the next global agricultural revolution. Thank you.
0: Cool. Um, So I really like the end of the speech as well. Um, I think that the end of the speech is an ultimatum on the solution of how we get to this global agricultural revolution, which is... Um, the ability for us to fundamentally transform the way we understand meat production and to incorporate governments as well to put in a lot of money in research and development to get the economies of scale, get massive consumers to an alternative without just cutting them off cold turkey from meat because that's obviously not going to work. So I think this speech was really good. I think there's a couple takeaways from this. One, the passion in his voice is very evident. It's someone who has developed, uh, who has spent a lot of time in the industry and um, explained the ethos or as Created the ethos throughout the course of the speech in which the audience at least myself is very interested in listening to his perspective given his experience and his general passion for talking about this stuff and then second I think that passion and that ethos translates into a really informative message. So I don't think this speech is necessarily a persuasive speech. I think it's more of an informative speech because he described a problem and described solutions to that problem. There is an element of persuasion in terms of the fear that he's trying to bring to people in terms of the last thing he said about climate change and the millions and thousands of deaths that are happening because of these superbugs. Um, but at the end of the day, he also preempted it with his, the fact that Bruce is not trying to persuade people, right? Because a seven-minute talk is, or a five-minute talk is not going to persuade people. It's going to be larger macro-level change by institutions, companies, governments, etc. cetera. Um, so I think largely this was an informative speech, that you should walk away from this knowing about what's going on, what solutions are there, how the world is transforming in regards to meat consumption. And hopefully you're also persuaded because of the um, negative aspects of modern-day status quo meat production that you choose to embrace some of those solutions as well. Um, Which is a good way, I think, to end this public speech because there's a level of information and that information transcends into persuasion without having it to be directly correlated and sort of feeling as if you're force-fed the information that is going to force-feed your beliefs about something. Uh, So yeah, I I, I like this speech. Um, Let me know what you guys think. Leave your thoughts in the comments below please subscribe because we have like no subscribers but one day we will Uh, but yeah anyway thank you for watching and i'll see you on the next episode of speech analysis